You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we're going to be talking about what I do with parent feedback. Now, before we get into the episode, I want you to head on over to Cheer Gym Owners on Facebook if you are a gym owner and join that group, and All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners if you are a cheer coach or coach and owner, and as always, check out nextgenowners.com where you can learn more about the Academy as well as sign up for a call to learn more about the Academy where you can hop on the phone with me or Justin or another one of our team and we can talk you through what it means to actually become an Academy member. And the last thing you need to do is check out our conferences as Danielle is either mentioning at the beginning of this episode or in the middle. I'm not sure where my awesome editor Mike is going to put it, but make sure you check out our conferences in both Orlando and Dallas. We have one right after the All-Star World Championships in Florida and another one in Dallas in June. Now let's get into the episode on what I do with parent feedback. Now I'm not going to make some sarcastic joke of I just throw it in the garbage can because that's that would be a joke and it would be a complete and total lie. It's not how I conduct business. But today I had a very dear friend who is a gym owner call me and she was really frustrated. She was in a position where she had received an unsolicited email from a parent that was kind of rude in the way it was crafted and easily could have been asked in a different way and said, hey, I have some concerns about this thing and I would love to get your perspective on it. Uh, but instead it was a, you know, me and a bunch of people feel that this is what's best for the team and this is what we should be doing. And this is our expectation moving forward. And she reasonably was like, I don't appreciate this at all. Um, and she was now kind of on the frustrated point of, you know, doing what I'm sure many of us have done, whether you're a business owner or a coach or even a parent where you write a frustrated text message or a frustrated email and you don't send it, you just let it sit and then you go back and read it and are like, okay, I'm reacting emotionally in this moment. And so she called me to say, you know, can you tell me, am I crazy? Am I the only person dealing with drama like this? Am I the only person dealing with getting questioned like this? Does this just happen to D2 gyms because I'm, you know, just a little gym? Is this why my parents think that they can kind of boss me around and walk all over me? And she was just feeling really, really frustrated. And I told her, number one, it happens to everyone. It happens to big gyms and little gyms, it doesn't matter. Um, you're going to encounter clients who give you their unsolicited feedback in a manner that is not overly productive. So this is how I handle feedback and, and kind of my assessment and then some strategies with trying to prevent some of this stuff. But at the end of the day, you're never going to completely prevent it, no matter how great your culture is, no matter how strong your core values are, uh, no matter how much of a, a separation you have as, as this is a professional industry and I'm a business, you're going to get people's unsolicited feedback. And I say that to because it's just the world we live in these days. People now have numerous platforms where their voice and their opinion can be stated about 
anything in the world. People can give their unsolicited review of a business. People can demand action on things that have nothing to do with the business by that business via social media platforms and very kind of public statements. And we have as a society started to believe that or or created the mistaken belief that every one of our opinions needs to be put out into the universe, or at least some people believe that. I certainly don't. Even though I have a podcast, there are many opinions, let me tell you, that I keep to myself. But as I approach these situations, I start with a couple questions. And I'm going to break each one of these questions down and why they are so important for you to utilize. And this is how I handle parent feedback. Number one is I try to approach things from a calm standpoint. Now, that's not always possible in the immediate response. Uh, Tori will tell you there are times that I you know, come downstairs or I text her that I'm super frustrated and I have to vent. I have to just get out my frustrations with the accusation or the way something was said or the frustration with a particular challenge or a particular set of feedback. And we all have those situations where we need to vent or we need to process things in a appropriate fashion. So for some people that might be going for a run, for other people that might be going and uh, going to a boxing gym and hitting a punching bag. For some people that might be writing the harsh email, but not sending it. For others, it could be talking it through with a trusted advisor. So there's a lot of different ways to kind of bring yourself back down to the rational side of your brain and not be reacting with like what Jeff Benson would say is at, with a flipped lid, right? You're just totally open and you're just no filter in place. So once I've gotten back to that kind of rational analytical position I like to live my life in, I say, number one, is this a me problem? Is this something that I or my staff created? That would make it a me problem. So did I do something wrong here? And in a lot of the situations, that ends up not really being the case when it comes to unsolicited feedback from a client. Now, there are certain times where we did do something wrong. And so I might look at that and go, oh, you know what? We did mess up this person's billing, or we did not communicate to them that they were going to get charged on this date and we should have, or we did drop someone from the program because of non-payment. And that ultimately is a me problem because I was not keeping on top of them or my staff was not keeping on top of them early enough. Hey guys, this is Danielle from Next Generation Gym Owners. If you are looking for a conference this summer for your entire staff, we have the answer. NextGen has two great options that will ensure you leave feeling more confident in your skills to run a business while your staff feels more confident in their skills to build championship teams. Check out our Orlando conference, April 22nd, immediately following the All-Star World Championship, or our Dallas conference, June 21st to 23rd. Learn more and get registered for our upcoming conferences at ngconferences.com. So is this something that was something that we did wrong? Did a staff member yell at an athlete and lose their temper? Did a staff member not show up on time and so a class started late? Those are all things that are me problems. And if it is a me problem, I'm generally speaking going to apologize for me being the problem or my staff being the problem. And then I'm going to give solutions of things that we're going to do moving forward to make sure that problem doesn't come about again. 
If it's not a me problem, I'm going to ask the question, is this something I can control? So, something that is not a me problem, but is something that I have the ability to exercise control over would be something like one of my athletes behaving in a manner that is uh, not in line with our core values. Well, there can be consequences for that. There can be repercussions that I can hold an athlete accountable for that so I can be in control. Is it a routine not hitting correctly consistently? Is that not necessarily a me problem. Maybe I'm not the problem. Now, as a coach, I believe that ultimately it comes down to me. Uh, so let's use a better example. Let's say uh, athletes are coming to practice late. Well, that's a culture problem. Am I the one choosing for athletes to be late? No. Is there a standard that they be on time? Yes. But are there things that I can do to help control this issue? Yes. And so if it's not a me problem, it's not something that I've created, it's something that someone else has created or someone else is the issue, is this something I can control? And as I told my friend, one of the hardest people to control is parents. So if parents' behavior is the problem, that is one of the most difficult things to control because they're adults and you are not going to be able to as, as entertaining as it might be, tell your parents they're going to need to come in the gym and do bear crawls because they were not speaking kindly to one another or they were rude to one of your staff members or their athlete was late to practice. I actually think that one would probably be the best is if their athlete's late, then they have to do the bear crawls uh, because I bet you they would be on time more often. They might be coming in with their shorts on their head and their shoes on the wrong feet because the parents weren't going to wait for them to be any slower getting out of the house, but it might solve that problem real quick. So if it's not a me problem, is it something I can control? If it's not something I can control, then I try not to worry about it too much. Now, I'll put my two cents in, I'll mediate things, I'll do what I can to help. But if it's not in my control and I didn't cause the problem, I try not to lose too much sleep over it. And I say that because I have lost sleep over those things. I have been in that situation where I've been incredibly stressed out and overly analytical about things that I had nothing to do with. And I was just punishing myself and allowing my parents to kind of beat me up about things that I didn't have any control over. So I like to do those two assessments first. And then from there, the last thing I'm going to look at is what is it that I can do in the future to avoid this issue? So if it was a me problem, what are the systems or steps I need to take to have me not have that problem again. And oftentimes there are things that you can do, whether it be your staff needs to have better training or you need to have better systems in terms of billing, or I need to control my temper better. So I need to have a better process for what I, how I respond in the moment with a staff member or with a team when they're not performing up to the expectations. So there are a number of different things that you can do to help avoid that issue in the future. So you have to kind of determine what it is that you can put into place because ultimately when people bring you complaints, as annoying as it can be, it's also a really great opportunity to create a loyal client because when someone brings an issue and you listen to their concerns and you take actionable steps to try and make that thing better, not saying you have to give in to demands, but if someone has a valid point, they come to you with a concern and you take steps to make those things right or better for them, then you are showing 
that you value that person and people want to feel valued. They want to feel important. So by listening to someone's concerns and taking steps to make it right or make it better in the future, you're showing that you respect and value them enough to listen, actually retain the information that they told you and take actionable steps to try and make it better. So that shows that you care for them and want them to be happy in your program. Now, the most common issues I see in cheer gyms, and this is my own as well, tend to revolve around not clearly establishing expectations and definitions at the start of your season, at the start of your relationship. So it is important that you spend the time to really establish what those expectations are. What are your expectations as a gym of the parents? What are your expectations of the gym as athletes? What are their expectations of themselves and of one another? Establishing those things on the front end and clearly defining what those things mean becomes very, very critical in you actually achieving the success that you want. Because it's very easy to say things, and I'm, I'm stealing some of this from Jeff Benson. Uh, it's very easy to say things like, I want you to give 100% effort. But the question is, is what does 100% effort look like? You need to clearly define that. Or uh, it's easy to say, for instance, our gym on the back of all of our shirts says family first. Well, family first to me means that we put the family of the gym first. It falls within line of our gym team self-value. And we think about our families as well. So it's we are a family-based program. We understand that family is important. Some people believe that family first means that you never disagree, that you never fight, that you never have an issue. And my response to those people is always, you must have a really amazing family. My family has disagreements sometimes. We don't always get along. We sometimes are frustrated with one another. And the family first mentality is even though we're frustrated with one another, we're going to push through this because we ultimately love one another and the family comes first. But there is a lack of definition there and a lack of understanding of what the expectations are. The other thing is just a general lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge. I see the most common issues come up with parents who just don't understand how the sport works. They may want to, they may believe that they understand, but they don't. And this happens in every issue. Every It doesn't matter where you go or every industry, not every issue. Every industry has this issue. There are people that walk into the doctor's office and say, I know exactly what is wrong with me because I saw it on Grey's Anatomy. There are people who walk into a mechanic shop and say, I need you to do X, Y, and Z because my dad told me on the phone that this was actually the problem and don't allow the mechanic to do their job. There, It happens everywhere. There are people who go to restaurants and order a steak medium rare. And then when they get it, they say it's not medium rare. It needs to be cooked to 150 degrees internal, which is not medium rare. So there are all sorts of situations where people just don't understand what it is that is the expectation of a sport or of your business. 
and they need to be educated. It takes time to be educated and it takes time to retain the information. So if you're a gym owner or you're a coach, think about how long you've had to master this crazy sport. You've had a lot of time. These parents are oftentimes in their first, second, maybe third year. And just doing this for three years from the outside looking in as a parent, you're not an expert in the sport yet. So they need constant education, constant reiteration, just like your athletes do. Your athletes have been doing it just as long and they still have to get reminded on how you clean in your gym or how you clap for an approach to a jump. The parents are spending less time in the gym, less time getting correction on things that they can be doing better. And you have that higher expectation that they understand what is going on. So just remember that as you look at what can I do in the future to avoid issues that it oftentimes is clearly establishing expectations, defining those things and making sure people have a clear understanding of the program and what it is trying to accomplish. So as you leave this episode, if you're in a position where life is frustrating and you're facing some challenges, I just want you to take a deep breath and know that you are not alone. I've dealt with some drama just this last week and it is challenging and it is it tests you. It will make you wonder if you're in the right business as you pour your heart and soul into these kids and still get questioned and challenged and uh, accused of not caring enough or not doing enough be exhausting. But I just want to encourage you to know that you are doing great work. I certainly hope you are. If you're listening to this podcast, it shows that you care enough to grow as an owner, grow as a coach, to get better. So I have to believe if you're listening to this podcast all the way through, you are one of the people who belongs in this industry. You're doing a really hard thing for a really amazing group of people, our kids. Okay, the future leaders of our country and of our world. So keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head up. And remember, when you get that parent feedback, it is an opportunity for you to grow. It's just like when you get a score sheet with judges feedback that you don't really like, but it may be right. Take that as an opportunity to grow and learn and become a better version of yourself or a better version of your gym. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, check out the other podcasts that I collaborate with. Cheer bit. No, gosh, that's my podcast. The Cheer Biz podcast is mine. The Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins and the Cheer Mom podcast with Kristen. Absolutely amazing stuff. You're not going to want to miss those podcasts. They have great content. So make sure you're subscribing to those as well. And with that, we will catch you on the next episode. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parent's perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. 
Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.